Is this a stream yard? This is a stream yard. I thought that meant we were live straight away. No, uh, it generally does once I've pressed the second lot. Anyway, good morning, everyone. But listen, everyone. guys, thank you so much for, for and Lee Durrant for saying care, sharing is caring. I asked Mark if I could use his glasses today, and he handed them over with no discussion, no screaming and shouting, no jumping about. He just handed them over. So we are a community bettering each other every day. <laughs> Can you pull this forward a bit? Because I'll, I'll, I'm not happy. As soon as I happy. pull this forward. There we go. Because when I sit back like that, it's not pleasant for people. In what way? I just, it's just not nice. But good and morning, everybody. I incredibly hemmed in. No, no, it's good. A bit claustrophobic. Do that. Morning, morning everyone. everyone. Morning on a podcast, if you're listening. Uh, morning, Lee Durrant. Caring is sharing. Sharing is caring. Yeah. I was just chatting over there about, are any of you in a place now where your children tell you off? I remember, I can remember getting to a place with my parents where we were suddenly telling them off. It happens, doesn't it? I mean, I never see my dad without telling him off about his shoes. Yeah, no, a sort of, you mean a caring telling off. A oh, sort yeah, of, they're always telling you know, us a sort of frustration yeah. and a yeah. sort of... you behave. There's a tipping point where the child knows better. And that actually is the beginning of children infantilising us. as We're going to slowly sit on the margins of all social situations and be never taken suppose, seriously. But I suppose they've had a window into who you are silently for Poor so things. long, haven't mm. they, children? Your children are growing up, and we, we are a family that spent a lot Edward of time. Edward Bevington says, tough love. Yeah, we are a family that spend a lot of time together. You know, we really hang out with our kids and stuff, so they, they really do watch They really can't our stand bickering, us anymore. <laughs> our, our bickering, our, you know, so they will step in. DK... I got told off last night because I wanted to blow up a bouncy castle at midnight, and I was told it was too late and we were all too tired. There were many, many other mitigating circumstances around that, and let me give you just two of them. You were not in a good place. That's why I wanted to bounce on a bouncy no, castle. I know. It was a fool's gold and a, and a fool's paradise. You weren't going to find what you were looking for because mm. it would have got in the way of everything, and you were never, ever going to have found the right nozzle for your blowing up machine i did i kept all my nozzles do you know what my blowing up machine is one of them is is something that i have kept more precious than anything else it's been kept in the box for the last five years and all the nozzles are in it and none of the nozzles and every time you pull out the nozzle and say this is the right nozzle you say this is the right nozzle it ends up five minutes later generally with me absolutely dripping with sweat with one leg up in the air pushing it against something to get that little strange little kind of security thing under the thing open with the wrong size in and my fingers around the edge to stop it all coming out holding it like that and then to finish it off I have to blow it up like I did a lilo when I was a child and I get an asthma attack well maybe what you should have done was gone and got me my trampoline from the garden and then maybe that would have helped me I listen. I once went on a bouncing and spinning workshop for an entire day. What with bouncy castles? No, I've just got a vision of we you just bouncing had to on a bounce castle. in the garden. We had to spin. I must say, a lot of the day I did feel a bit sick, but it's an ancient art, and it comes from. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm, Neanderthal man <laughs> had nothing to bounce on. Nothing. He couldn't have, well, maybe couldn't I've bounce made, on anything. Maybe I've made that bit up. But let me just show you. Let me show you the spinning thing. I remember we had a vegetarian lunch as well. But look, this is what we had to do, right, for ages. Go to your left. Go this way. That's Wonder Woman. Go this way. Wonder Woman. Oh, God, don't. I'm going to be sick. 
Well, and the thing is, this all goes back to children, right? And when children are sad or lost or lonely, watch them. They do that thing where they just spin around. It's kind of like a meditation. They do it in Turkey. It's a sort of whirling dervish. Whirling dervish. Hmm. I went on a whirling dervish workshop. You, Actually, so, I really hated it. <laughs> so you went on a workshop where you spun around in circles. Yeah, and bounced. Just, just put a camera up in the kitchen. You do it all the fucking time. <laughs> and you literally, you are a whirling dervish. Anyway. Can I just quickly say, Jew Osler, I believe you sent Nanny Di a couple of yes. incredibly sweet bookends. Very sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank she, you. she has taken receipt and she absolutely loved them. Thank you. I took a photo of her, but she looked slightly demonic. So um, I don't know if you're on Insta. I, I will send you the photo if you are. Um, so, guys. She does look a bit strange when she's having to pose pose for a photo. She goes she's always bit, in the middle of talk. She's like she goes, you. She doesn't stop talking. <laughs> and then I say, I'll pose. And, she goes, and she'll do sort of like. Yeah. Very sweet. Mum, I hope you're all right, Mum. Uh, morning, Tez. So, obviously, last night we did a. We were going to do a showbiz chat, actually, or a chat about the Kevin Spacey. And then, tra- literally, tragically, ten minutes before we were setting all that up, um, the Sinead O'Connor story broke. Um, and obviously, today there are lots of um, tributes flowing in, remembrances, um, people just sort of commenting on, you know, the the complexities of her life. And I, I fell asleep listening to LBC and uh, Paul Gambaccini was on that and he was talking, he knows his stuff. He was talking in great detail about um, the complexities of what she'd overcome in her life and how she'd managed to sort of fold that into her music and how she was an absolute example of a pop star or a musician and how, you know, not everything was PR'd, not everything no. was thought about, not everything was packing, you know, everything she now was so carefully. She was within that world, wasn't she? I mean, I never thought of her as punk, but she's punk in her own, you know, in a, in a sort of different And apparently way. I've been hearing today as well how funny she was, very, very funny, very witty. Right. Um, um, and I just, I, I, on Coffee Moaning, I, I said, look, you know, give, give us your thoughts and your tributes. And a couple have come through, which I thought we could read. Um, Lucy H, Insta, she was powerful, fragile, loud, softly spoken, feminine, our warrior, so lucky to have her. I mean, this is really lots and lots, obviously, Ireland and the Irish community. There was a really sweet thing said by someone that said, it feels like we've lost one of our naughtiest children without having had a chance to tell her how much she was loved. Oh. God. Which I thought was so, so sweet. Mm. Uh, Julie, sadly, I think she was badly treated by the music industry and a very sad upbringing. Um, Louisa Hackett, such sad news. RIP and fly high with your beautiful son. Um, uh, double L169 says, it's disturbing to talk <coughs> about her lack of hormone treatment after a hysterectomy. Which yeah, sort God. Of... well, I mean, let, we're not going to dwell on, <coughs> on the horrors of her life today, but... I really, I read so much about her last night and actually went to bed feeling incredibly sad and unhaunted for her, really. Well, we sat with the and girls, let we down, listen to her song. She was let down through so much. But mm. listening to people today, you know, I mean, look at that enormous talent, the way that she garnered the good and the bad. She could uplift you and absolutely tear you to pieces with that voice, couldn't mm, she? So mm. it all came in. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just just well, I didn't realise that her her brother was like a a, a major writer, yeah, a major writer, novelist, and he actually said that he couldn't listen to the song because he knew where the pain came from because mm. of their childhood, and yet he also talked as she did about 
you know, this house that they grew up in, which mm. was a house of horrors in many ways, but in other ways it was very literary, parents mm, loved the theatre and music. And he said, out of this, I mean, in no way condoning it, but saying, but out of this horror, we, there was all this creativity that came from us. I don't want to get I think spiritually... he said when you looked at, when you come, well, it was a great line he said, he said, when you... When you grow up in such horror, you look down at the bare bones of life. I love that. Mm. It's like you're looking down at the bare bones of life and out of that comes this creativity. And it's just, oh, it, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a religious person at all, but I do, I, am, I do feel very spiritual about a lot of things. And I do sometimes wonder, you know, the tragedy of her life, the tragedy of what she went through, and yet the beauty of what she created. And this I want to read from Lucy Heaney, who says, I'm just heartbroken. Sinead didn't just tell her truth, she told the truth and paid a very high mm. price for it. I urge you to watch the Nothing Compares doc. Yeah, I, I did mention oh, that on the God, Weekly Rushes. I've never I've, seen yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, and it goes back to that thing I was trying to say last night where the pain and agony of so many people who struggle with what I would sort of describe as almost a heightened sensitivity. I don't mean sensitivity as in, oh, can't cope with things, but but feels things so vividly and 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 intensely. No, don't, because I can't bear the, it when you read about the, a childhood. The, 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 for people who are sort of a mm. hypersensitive and, and that stuff goes in, and then they turn it into something so creative, mm. you could, you know, I do think there's a strong argument to say that when you think of us as humans, and as a race, and we are an amorphous mass of energy, and that idea of recycling. You know, she'll have touched so many people mm. through her trauma, through her sadness. And it's not to say it's important that it happened to her, not at all. You'd God prefer no. not. God but no. isn't it interesting how the how human condition can often yeah. translate this stuff into... into well, something. I suppose survival comes in very many different guises, doesn't it? And mm. I suppose that was her, that was her survival. Oh, look at this. I said this last night. Anne-Marie Loffer. Sorry, I never... Is it Laffer? Loffer? L-O-U-G-H-E-R? Loffer. I feel that she will have a saint-like status in Ireland. She will be revered. I think so. And she you has can feel it, you know, her. looking around online, you know, um, yes, there is, you know, so many comments from... Um, from people along those lines, you know, mm. it's, it's like such a loss to Ireland mm. and, and feeling, actually, I'm just going to read Zoe. So many of you know Zoe, but one of our first ever followers. And you wrote, you put something on your Instagram today saying, it's funny how upset I feel over someone I didn't know. Maybe it's very much the Irish connection, but I just always had this feeling of brokenness and sadness for Sinead, her struggles, her life, her openness and her mental health struggles. I don't even know I'm posting this. I guess I just feel things so deeply and I mm. felt I needed to write it down. That's the mm. thing with people who struggle and have been through a lot. We feel so deeply with our feelings, not just within ourselves, but also for others. Mm. And I just, I, I hope you're at peace now, Sinead. And I, thank you for that, Zoe. That's on Zoe's Instagram. And I thought, I I, I felt, I feel some of that as well. Mm. I just felt so down about it was it's very strange isn't you know it I because felt? it's like we said did she ever know this that people felt this about? i feel i felt sort of collectively guilty because it goes back to something i think we touched on last night which is as soon as someone becomes too challenging or difficult or it's sort of what's the word when i'm thinking of even people like kanye when they become mm. so sort of sporadic and complex. And, and complex and their behavior becomes almost so alienating that we don't know how to deal with it and it becomes repetitive and so I felt even with, with Sinead recognized mm. always recognized her, as I said yesterday interviewed her she was really touched by her energy mm. and her vibe and her feel she was an incredibly complex woman how 
the cut and thrust of everyday life means you, even if you have an understanding or compassion, like I say, think I would towards someone struggling in that way, you marginalise them. Yeah, you start to dismiss listening. Or you to dismiss them. listening yeah. to them, or you just sort of think, yeah. okay, well, that's, that's a lesson in this, isn't it? Tess saying, I thought of Kanye too. I was just sort of thinking, oh my god, why do we turn our backs on people that can quite quickly and easily by society and the mainstream be characterized as just oddballs because i think that it's still the the prejudice against people with mental yeah. health struggles and that's why i've said this many times haven't i when you very first talked about your yeah. depression and so many people within my industry oh you two are so brave to talk about that and i was like oh god why why are we brave and then you realize it's because people make assumptions once you've shared something like that how, then it's like it's almost like nothing is then believed. How, you know, but, that's what it was like with her, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. But we, but and that's including people like ourselves and you. Got you know that we would have yesterday if before she died, we would not be thinking about. No, not obviously you're not thinking about everyone no. all the time. You can't. No, because everyone's getting on in their lives. But you wouldn't. I don't know. I just think one one closes a book on certain people after a certain time. Mm. You think that's what they are, and I think that's really really tough. Um, Mrs. Cronell, because she was unapologetic, angry, and openly soulful. Mm. Yeah, openly so soulful, yeah. Mm. Vulnerable, mm. always within that strength. I mean, I was saying last night how the thing that came across to me from her was fragility and mm. uh, Cookie Creates. Uh, Carol Cookie Creates in, on Insta, you contacted me and said uh, she was, um, she was uh, fragile and fierce. Mm. I love those. Two. And when I say vulnerable, I don't mean that in a oh poor her, she was vulnerable. I mean to mm. be open with your vulnerability, That's what I mean about to sensitive. be fragile and to be yeah. is incredibly strong. It wasn't all covered up, faking it to make it, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh Lucy Haney, she was the rebellious sister I never had. I love that. Cloda, mm. she never recovered over Shane's death, no. It's so hard no. to see her struggle with her poor kids. I just want to read two two lines. The the singer Alison Moyer. Oh, what a remarkable singer she was. She said mm, this, she, that, that Sinead had a voice that cracked stone. Wow. Massive attack spoke of the fire in her eyes. And then this, Russell Crowe, the Can actor, I just say something sorry, by the, vo yeah, the voice? Sorry. I was reading something yesterday that she had said about when you're a child growing up in, 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 in such fear because mm. she had this abusive childhood, you feel like nobody can hear your voice and you could die and nobody would ever know wow. that you've been killed. Yeah. And she said, so my voice is like everything to me. I couldn't shut up. She couldn't not say. And that famous moment mm. when she tore up the... Um, photograph of the Pope mm. because she couldn't it she couldn't be silent about the decades mm. of abuse that people that that were you know that were coming to light and nobody was speaking about it and I thought oh god and that's what came through in her voice like mm. like that nothing compares all that pain all that love all that anguish because she mm. also talked about a huge love for her mum as well mm. didn't mm. she mm. in the way so that voice was almost like she was answering everything that she wasn't allowed to say when mm. she was a small child and completely controlled Absolutely. and all of that. And she didn't mind. She didn't mind causing offence. There was a, a so a, cracking a, a, stone is like is brilliant. Yeah. There was an astonishing anecdote last night about when she was on a doing a live show and she was on one day and Frank Sinatra was on the next, and she refused to have the uh, American national anthem or the Star Spangled Banner or whatever it was on, and he he just he he was utterly rude about her the next day when That's he came on stage sort of that. dismissing her or yeah. something 
Um, and then there was the and the instance when he, she tore up the image of the Pope in rehearsal. She didn't have an image of the Pope, so no one knew that that was going to happen on Saturday Night Live. And then the following week, the actor who I've got a lot of time for, Joe Pesci, uh, came on and in an act of sort of defiance against her, sellotaped the picture back together. Yeah. So I mean, she you know she didn't mind kind of. She was she was brave. She was brave. brave. But look, Russell Crowe. I love Proper this because Russell Crowe. You don't mess with Russell Crowe. You just don't. He's not only a gladiator, but have you seen Unhinged? <laughs> He's fucking insane. He said, I just want to read what he wrote. Last year working in Ireland, having a pint in the cold outside a pub with some new friends, a woman with purpose strode past us, Crow wrote on, on Twitter. Oh, what? Puffy Parker zipped to the nape and a bowed head covered in a scarf. One of my new friends muttered an exclamation, jumped up and pursued the woman. Oh. 30 metres down the road, the friend and the woman embraced and he waved me over. There under streetlights with mist on my breath, I met Sinead, Russell Crowe said. Gets goosebumps. Mm. She looked in my eyes and uttered with disarming softness, oh, it's you, Russell. Um, the unhinged star continued that, that she then joined them and his friends at a table. They engaged in a conversation without fences that include discussions about a recent Dublin heatwave, American politics, the ongoing fight for indigenous recognition, her memories of New Zealand, faith, music, movies, and her brother. When her second cup was taking on the night air, she rose, says Russell Crowe, embraced us all and strode away into the fog-dimmed streetlights. We sat there, the four of us, and variously expressed the same thing. What an amazing oh woman. God, Peace mean... be with your courageous oh. heart, Sinead. What beautiful, beautifully written thing, Russell. Imagine that. She comes out of the mist. I think she's a saint. <laughs> oh, okay. Sinead O'Connor. Um, this story uh, we saw on Sky News last night, and this was really quite distressing, wasn't it, Nads? This is the story of Greater Manchester Police, a woman... Uh, who accuses or suggests and has alleged that the Manchester police drugged and sexually assaulted her. This is a Sky News investigation. Her name is Zaina Iman. Iman. They, she'd been... She, I the, wonder how many people have seen this footage. Yeah, I haven't, got the, I haven't got the footage, but I have oh. got these images of the woman. This is the woman in question. Um, she was... The police were called to a property. A woman was in a state of sort of high dudgeon on cocaine, uh, um, there was a moment on the kind of body cam where she flicks the um, glasses off a WPC's face, and so she was arrested and taken in. But she alleges that while she was in custody, um, she was, uh, well, treated in a manner. We watched the footage last night, and this is a Sky News report about women in custody in, I don't know if it's just the right, Manchester most, Police. Yeah. Um, well, there's three. Three cases, aren't there? Three women. And this woman, who clearly was obviously in a in a state of uh, narcotic fuel mm. distress, um, well, was, yeah. was left stripped, uh, searched, left in a in a pose where she could have died because she wasn't she was unconscious at one point, um, and she believed she was and and her legal team believed she was raped and sexually assaulted. And because, so, the previous um, head of the Greater Manchester Police says yeah. that's what he believed yeah, happened. Yeah. I cannot stress to you how utterly horrified I was by the footage that we saw last night. Mark and I literally, you know, lying on the sofa, we couldn't believe what we were witnessing. I said to Mark, it feels like I'm watching Midnight Express. Yeah, it was was quite quite sure. So, so... And then can I just quickly just yeah. give a little detail to her? So the police who kind of gave, get, she, she, she waived did. her anonymity so that mm. she could talk about this. And she's request, they very, requested... Very, very brave what she's yeah. done. Very brave. Because so, to see that footage... And so oh. she requ- and they requested the CCTV footage, which interestingly was delivered to her 
in bite-sized chunks in the wrong order. So it had to be reconstructed as a timeline. And when reconstructed in timeline, I think there was... was Sky News, wasn't it? They went through it. They went through it. They said they put it all into order. There was three hours missing. At the most crucial point that when they come back into the footage after this gap, she's then topless. She's naked. Naked. The scene that we've seen before is her looking up at the camera, totally terrified. Mm. That's the only way I can describe it. Mm. Then nothing. The cameras are turned off. Next shot, she's now totally naked and very disturbed. And 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 you can see you see this and making sexual gestures. Mm. It it I I'm haunted. I went to bed last night so upset about this that the Manchester police have answered that with she had to have her clothes cut off. She had to have a, she had a full body search, didn't they? There was no there was no nothing in the log as to why she needed that. Right? Why was she left topless? Why, when she's been on this cocaine, is she now lying on her stomach, face down, with her arms behind her back, unconscious? Mm. You honestly, when you if you see the pictures, you'll think this isn't in this country. You just wouldn't think that could happen. When the police she were went, asked where the missing footage was, they, they have haven't given answered. no answer. They haven't even answered. How are we going to let them get away with giving no answer? No answer. So she went to um, the hospital, and she was finally, finally allowed to leave. Did you know this bit? No. Oh God, yeah, and it's in the medical record. Um, injuries from sexual, it's in that article, can you get it up? It's, I want to get the wordings right, the mm. wording right, um, down the bottom. Okay. And, um, and, and, and still there's no explanation. Mm. Yeah, injuries, what is it they say, um, uh, connected to a sexual attack, something like that. Something, Some kind well, of I, word, I don't know what the, what the, what the wording is, you know, that official wording. Mm. Um, and here we are. Yeah, medical rec- records indicate sexual industries. Um, sexual, yeah. It's highly likely that this is drug-related to the date-rate drug which led to a sexual assault. So when she was put in the police van, right, so there's footage and the footage cuts out, mm-hmm. right? And she said the last thing she can remember is that she felt safe because she was in this glass box, right? There's a shot of a police officer coming in through the side door of that van and that's the last thing i can't remember how long it is after they picked her up i think it was about an hour hour and a half something like that sorry we've lost our we've lost our notes on here but so so where was she again the camera was turned off what happened to her in the van um yeah. But the Man- listen to this. The Manchester's mayor's office has told the woman that uh, Greater Manchester Police have all the footage. So she's obviously said, why would you withhold footage? The very footage that yes. could either prove or disprove my allegations you will not part with. Therefore, you must have something to hide. Yeah, I mean, she that, said, what prove the, me wrong police, by giving me the what footage. What would the police do if someone refused to hand over evidence? They would assume that you were hiding something. So why doesn't it work back, back in yeah, the same Yeah, that's way? the really good line. She said, prove me wrong. Mm. Prove me wrong. She can't remember. 
But the fact that there was a date rape drug in her system as well. Mm. Um, so there's three, yeah, three hours missing. Did anybody else see it? Three hours missing in the footage. I mean, there were many moments of, of illusion. It, it was a, it's a nine-minute pe- nine piece. You can see it on YouTube. There's a link to it. Uh, a nine-minute report, and I think I think there's going to be a they're going to be a big. Oh, here we go. Former um, Greater Manchester Police Chief Superintendent Martin Harding, who has seen the footage and the inconsistencies with the custody log, says her claims are credible. I believe she was raped. I believe she was raped by an officer and I believe the organisation is covering it up. The I mean, police. just gobs, absolutely gobs. Did anybody else see that footage last night? Well, it, it's knocking about. It's knocking, well, no, the footage is knocking about. You can see That's it on Twitter. That's interesting. Look from Ty. Ty, even the metamorphosis of her behaviour in just a few hours, and her sheer trauma in her eyes as she looks at the camera tells everything we need to know. These officers will not get away with this. They they can't. I mean, they, I don't they think they can. Can't. Brilliant report from Sky News. Mm. I mean, God, thank God, thank God for. For journalists, when they dig deep and actually well, I thought it was, take it's the time. a fantastic, and, and there are so, two other stories. It's a really important investigation. And just a quick note on: I don't know if you saw yesterday the um, about the Closing Andrew McElvin. Is it Andrew? What was his name? I've got it here somewhere. Um, the chap who was accused chap of rape, and, who served yeah. seventeen years for a crime he didn't commit. He could have been. He could have got out earlier if he'd because he had, I think, three appeals and we were in this ridiculous situation, the only way that you can get out on appeal is if you admit to a crime. He would not do that. He lived every single day in prison, terrified for his life. There is a brilliant podcast. I've listened to the whole thing, 17 years. Just listen to that story. It is quite extraordinary what that man went through. And I I am always fascinated. People say to me, why do you listen to these crime podcasts? Because I'm so fascinated in what humans can endure well what they can tolerate and what they what can, they can tolerate i mean there's that other chap in america isn't there the the guy who was who was wrongly accused of rape as well i mean it's just, yeah. yeah but it's a really really fascinating mm. fascinating well put together brilliant interviewer and it charts right through from you know his life before i mean they'll probably do an update today because of course now he's out but. So um, lots of you were asking yesterday or last night about this UFO hearing uh, in, in American government. This, this, this leaves Nadia cold, this, this sort of stuff. <clears throat> um, but as the, even the, you know, when the Guardian reports on this, I think sometimes you just have to pause and go, OK, well, this is something that's happening. This is obviously quite important. Um, and this is a UFO hearing about the, uh, the, the suggestion that there have been cover-ups uh, in the Pentagon, going up to the highest levels, even right down to the suggestion that potentially people who have wanted to reveal information about sightings or experiences or intelligence have either been harmed. And I, f- I think there was even the kind of suggestion that in the in the process of covering things up, people have been threatened, perhaps killed, uh, and what have you, or the suggestion of violence. Um, as The Guardian says... Um, In scenes that felt reminiscent of a sci-fi movie, US Congress held a public hearing on claims the government is covering up its knowledge of UFOs. Um, Some of the claims include, and this was mainly, there was one main sort of whistleblower uh, called David Grush, who was a former sort of uh, intelligence official. He was talking about the fact that the government does, is in possession of intact and partially intact alien vehicles. Uh, And they were also talking about the fact that the US government have, in fact, recovered non-human biological pilots from crashed spacecrafts. Um, And so 
there's quite an aggressive push here because the other aspect of this story, whether you believe in this or not, is um, a number of kind of American Air Force uh, pilots and members of the Navy um, have talked about how they have been really, really sort of stigmatized, marginalized, threatened if they talk about the sheer scale of sightings that they've seen. Um, And I think this is something that, in a sense, is less about whether anything suddenly catastrophic is going to happen to the planet. But there's an awful lot of people going through actually some mental health issues because they can't share in or they feel that they'll be ridiculed and lose their livelihoods and their reputations if they are actually to talk about this. So, um, you know, what does it does it make anyone think? I mean, I believe the government does have stuff. I they he, they also talked about the Why idea that they are saying it now? What, that they what's... are revert. There's something called reverse engineering where they're trying to understand the sort of bits of kit and technology that's landed. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Why is it two questions? Why is it happening now? And well, part of that is because there's been this recent push, hasn't there, with um. Was it with NASA and, and someone else? They're, they're, they're trying to kind of see if there's more kind of transparency that can be had around sort of uh, documents and, and intelligence that, that, you know, should it stay sort of secret and what have you. But also a lot of people are saying, well, why is this only happening in America? I don't think it is only happening in America. I, I just think the Americans are the ones that are sort of have the most hunger to kind of talk about this. I think what you may well see happening is, and there was talk in 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 uh, Congress about the fact that out of this hearing, they think legislation is going to be brought through, so that even more transparency is is made is created around what they do know. And when that happens, I think you'll start to see dots being connected between other states. I think most states are probably going to take their lead from um, from Russia. And there was an interesting story that I discovered that they were talking about. Apparently, I didn't realize this in World War II, or in the 1930s, Mussolini claimed to have stumbled across some, they, they, they found some kind of unidentified flying object, which then during the war, the Americans kind of sequestered and took for themselves from them. So, you know, it'd be interesting. I it, It's there has to be something there because of the sheer, I think the sheer law of averages. It's just, there's well, going to be something. I just, Vixen DD, what lovely things to say. And I hope you get your, your painting, your porch done. Mm. Um, I, I just, none of it surprises me. I, I would, I absolutely believe there are other things, you know, mm. and I, I believe that people will have been, all sorts of terrible things will have happened to keep the secret. So none of that, I don't go, oh, wow, God, this is incredible. Mm. This has happened. It's just like, my only thing is this is incredible that they're saying it. And what, mm. why? Well, but I just why? think it's the first step in, you know, more more evidence has been released, more and more, more facts and sort of uh, security kind of details have been released. I mean, you're right. Why, yeah, why I now? I think it's going to be something much bigger than that. In what way? That we're nearer the end of the world than you think? No, not necessarily that, <laughs> but... What are you suggesting? What, what earthly reason would they suddenly stand up and admit this stuff? This stuff is huge. Why would they admit it now? It's going to be for a very big reason. I feel you, you, you know what that might no, be. No, no, I don't oh, know what don't. that oh, is. Oh, right, okay. I'm but trying it to... is something okay. massive. It's not what simply think, that they've all come to the front of the desk and decided to tell the truth because the teacher's really cross now. Yeah. There is something going on, yeah. big time. Mrs. Cronall, some of the descriptions were fascinating. I agree. Like the cube surrounded by a transparent sphere. Absolutely. All sorts of... Fake alien invasion coming, says Jenny J. 
Um, Jenny Marshall, why are aliens always portrayed as evil beings come to take us away? That That is a really, really good question. It's because we fear what we don't know, mm. isn't it? Secret worlds. Mm. I mean, ignorance, why is ignorance so dangerous in anything? Because we get frightened and then we get defensive. Mm. So what if they are better than us lot? Because let's face it, we're not doing a very bloody good job. But I suppose you could always argue that there's, whenever there's a moment where this information starts to come out, you can always ask, why now? I mean, there's but, always going to be a why now moment because that information... Yeah. I mean, I think this is... What, what's different about all this is is that something is shifting and making this a, a conversation yeah. that's happening in a much more formal and less marginalised kind of weird kind of mm. website kind of domain sort of discussion. I, they brought it out of conspiracy theories and something they're just else like that, making it a reality and it's like, well, a lot why of, I don't want to listen to it is because I just feel like there's so much shit we're I, dealing with. Well, I, I think a lot of people, else. I think a lot of people will feel that it's governments looking for diversionary tactics to kind of divert us away from. The thing about that kind of diversionary tactics idea is, is you're mm. only diverted if you want to be diverted. I mean, it's not like you don't—you can't see what the other stuff is that's going on. It's just you can think about more than one thing at the same time. I don't necessarily agree that with all this, we're focusing on one thing. Why aren't we focusing on this? Well, we're focusing we on a few. Focus on we're focusing on a few things, and this obviously isn't as crucially critical. I well, wonder. We don't know. They might be around the corner. But apparently, the thing <laughs> I'm most interested in about is the the debris that's been discovered in the sea by Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea have gone nuts. Some scientists have taken this this kind of meteorite. Uh, stuff somewhere to be examined mm. and it's not normal meteorite stuff the suggestion being it could be some kind of probe so as this builds i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna choose to take a positive outlook i'm going to choose to say that there are there may be some other beings come coming to save us from ourselves yeah they've been watching us for a long old while now and they're going you know what we've got to step in they are seriously fucking everything up. I want to dance with an alien. And final, final topic. Um, they could be, lo- they might be lovely. Yeah, they might be. They might they be lovely might, new really neighbours. Nice. Yeah, they might be really nice. Kylie Jenner's bombshell plastic surgery confession and why she regrets it all. The Kardashian star finally admits to undergoing secret boob job at 19, but wishes she still had her beautiful natural breast. I, what struck me as interesting about this was obviously Kylie Jenner is big. I mean, as in profile, not a breast. Um, it, it, it's... I, I think there's quite an important question to be asked here. Is it incumbent on people, and is it important, that people in the, the public poll. eye, I'm asking, yeah, there's no poll oh. on this. No, I don't think it's just the public eye. I well, think it's anybody. Sh- I think should, anybody. Does everybody... Are you obliged to tell people if you've had a procedure? I think, I, so I, I've made no secret of it. I would love to have a neck lift. Now, no, before anyone says your neck's fine, honestly, it's the light here. If you saw me in real life, you, you'd know. And I'm constantly in this dialogue in my head where I'm like, who am I doing that for? What is this about? This is society dictating to me that I have to look a certain way and it's ageist and I have all those proper feminist arguments with myself. And I often what it comes down to is more and more I'm not looking like I feel. I feel young. I feel and I don't want to start looking a different way to how I'm feeling. So I have all these continuous arguments with myself. Mm. But if I did decide to do it, Mm. I, knowing me, I probably would tell all you guys and everything, I probably would. But I do think I have the right to not if I don't want to. But one thing I, and this is like a girl code thing with me, I would absolutely 100% tell all my friends. Right. Because I... 
think when you don't, and, you know, I've got little different groups of friends and some people have had stuff done and they're open about it. Other people have had stuff done and they haven't said anything. And it's like, it's a bit weird because it's like, you're almost like being competitive with your group of friends and saying that you look younger, but you haven't told them, you haven't told them why. I think... you and And I, so just girl code with me, female code, Definitely tell my friends. But I don't think I'm obliged to tell anybody else. I disagree. I, I th- would. I think, you know, when they talk about footballers being role models for young men and stuff like that, I think if your profile is about how you look and you're selling a lot of you, your business, your so profile like ma- about your body yeah. and you don't tell the public that you've had procedures, you are creating an incredibly stressful benchmark that so many people are going to possibly encounter all sorts of stress and upset and distress that they can't meet that. And if you're not honest mm. about it, I think it's really actually, I think it's really important. It's a little bit like the penis size thing. You know, if the vast majority of men knew that the awful procedures and acts that these porn stars go through to, to theoretically get their penis a certain, it, it would certainly, it would remove the illusion that this is something you can aspire to. But where do you draw the line? There pressure. are so many illusions. Isn't so, it like face so it's apps? like, you know, it's like when I sometimes do a photo shoot and I'm fucking gorgeous. I always do, but it's just my cap. I always put like a photo at the end of what I, because we can be all these different things. So do we say, oh, there was a light there and there was a light there? I, I make a point of continuously, regularly saying that there's a light here because I know I look much better with this light. No, I don't but think it's an accidental that. light. But, but I don't think I do that, but I don't think I have to do that. I don't think I owe people to do that. And I wouldn't say to anybody else, you you know, you should. Okay, well, maybe people but shouldn't feel they have. No one selling, should have to do anything. If, but so, don't be surprised so, if someone in, it, it challenges you on it. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah, don't be surprised if you're challenged on it. Um, I mean, like, if I do ever have a net lift, I probably would. I probably would tell you guys. But I mean, like, so a lot of people here are saying it's pretty damn obvious once someone has done exactly. something. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Did anyone really think that Kylie hadn't? I mean, the girls constantly show me photos of famous people of what they look like before, before. Mm. And then you see them saying they haven't had this and they haven't had that. And it's Mm. like... That's an interesting mm. one. I mean, because I just sometimes think, oh, well, you know... Okay, so what about if you're you're six years younger than me, right? And what if you... So this isn't even something that you think about. But what if you just decided, you know... I mean, I've got a a cousin, a a man, who's had a facelift. Mm. I couldn't be more shocked that he had a face. Oh, you would never have thought in a million years this relative of mine would have a facelift, but he did. So if you did decide that you wanted a facelift, would you tell everybody? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because it'd be ludicrous, it'd be obvious, because I'd look like a scrotum sack. So it would be because it would be ludicrous. It would be because it's obvious, but it wouldn't be like on a moral, from a moral point of view, that you should. It would be because you didn't want to, like, anyone to say, well, it's obvious that he has. You wouldn't want people to talk about it. No, but I mean, I'm not selling selling myself as a paragon or (laughs) far from it of what man should be or could be. I mean, I think if your stock in trade is selling body perfection, body beauty, looking good in these clothes, selling, say, a bra range or this, that and stuff, the other, and you pretend that your body shape 
hasn't changed when it has. Yeah. I think you have, so, if there's as much obligation for someone who's yeah, doing auto-tuning to sell stuff. sort of skin yeah. stuff, Yeah, and I you know, it's, it's a thing. great thing now that there are rules on you cannot use a filter when you're when you're selling like um, any any mm. facial stuff. You're not allowed to use a filter. And I think that that's, I think that's so mm. good. Mm. But, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go, guys. Um, Big news tonight. What time now? It's Curly Cooks. Oh, God, I forgot about that. So tonight we've got a live Curly Cooks at 7 o'clock. I'm really pissed off because I fucked up the shop and my shop's not arriving. So God knows what we've been making. No, we're not. We're making lovely things, but now means I've got guys saying. Um, we're making pink meals. Oh, potentially. So I'm doing a nice Barbie, sort of like um, starter, main and dessert. Um, for so like if you were like having a girls lunch or a girls dinner or something and Mark is dressing up for you all what am I making? and Dean is doing vegan dishes am I making anything? you're making the pudding to go with my three course meal oh I like making the pudding fantastic guys have a have a lovely day